It's official. This is the last time we're ever talking about this guy. I feel so personally attacked (laughs) here. I'm taking all of this personally. (laughs) I'm real upset. I'm just, I think this was like totally irresponsible and dangerous and I'm sick of it. Okay. I'm just, I've had it. You know what I've had? It. Hi, Jillian Benzavalli. Hi, Patrick Hines. Oh, fam, before we get to it, just a reminder, come see us on tour. Look, the tickets are selling out really fast. We're doing Class Action Park. Yeah. Who doesn't want to see that live, girl? Girl, (laughs) The man of the ball and the ball. The man of the ball and the ball. We're going to talk about that whirly thing that they gave the kids 100 bucks to try and then they lost all their teeth. Right, because no one calls a physicist or any kind of engineer or anything of that nature. Come on, you guys. We're coming to Chicago, Boston, Seattle, and Los Angeles. Tickets are selling really fast. The other thing, come see us. Obsessed Fest. Yes! Columbus, Ohio. It's September 30th to October 2nd. It's going to be a weekend full of live shows and meet and greets, karaoke. You tell them about your idea that we're going to do. Oh, I'm going to host a sing-along where you just get to like scream all too well Taylor's version, the 10-minute version. It's like we all just like sit in a room and say, if you don't want to do karaoke, you do this because like you just, you're singing with everybody, not like alone on this stage. And it's songs that like maybe other people don't want to hear. Like 30 (laughs) minutes of Taylor sing-along and I'll do, I'll be there for you. So we'll do a sing-along like before karaoke. Okay, and then we'll do carry. Listen, we're bringing in people from outside the network, the people that you love. More announcements on all of that soon. Get all your tickets at obsessedfest.com. We're playing Broadway on April 11th. Oh, we got a lot going I on. I mean, that day is coming faster and faster. I mean, every every day it gets closer. <laughs> That's a weird phenomenon, but true. It's the but truest also thing true. I've ever said. I'm terrified. <laughs> and that's it. We've got a lot going on. You can get all the info at truecomeobsessed.com. Anything else, girl? Did you say the Patreon? We're doing oh, fun stuff oh, on the Patreon. Oh, my goodness. Join us on the Patreon, you guys. Over 300 full ad-free bonus episodes to download and binge right this freaking second. Right this freaking second. We're wrapping up Chippendales, you guys. Chippendales yeah. is bena- all those naked, greasy, horny men. <laughs> yeah. Also, the women, are they're horny for horny. They're just trying to one-up each other, but they're humping. How did you know my AOL instant messenger name? <laughs> Because I'm a witch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, girl. What are we talking about today? All right. I'm going to do this a couple times. Okay. I already told you I'm not talking okay. in this whole voice the whole Great. time, okay? Yes. We're doing Keep Sweet. <laughs> I, it, yeah, it's called Keep Sweet. It's called Keep Sweet. I it's fucking hate Discovery it. Discovery Plus. I hate everything about yeah. it. it irresponsible it's dangerous <laughs> it's three documentaries in one it really is one of those stories is interesting right. the other i'm uh-huh. just being like gaslit and they're apologizing for warren jeff's the whole right. time i'm not a fan we were always taught we were special and we got to come to this special place and we were gonna build like a heaven on earth here we had joyful lives we were safe and we were happy And that's when everything really started to change. We were taught everybody was our enemy. And there it was Warren Jeffs that did it. We had to pull all the children out of public school, you know, sending men away. There's not anything about this community that Warren Jeffs left intact. It opens on this, like, really kind of hot guy in a wheelchair. Terrell Musler. He's so great. I love this guy. Yeah, yeah. And he's the first one to tell us that, like, look, growing up FLDS, can you tell the people what FLDS is? So LDS is Latter-day Saints. FLDS is the fundamentalist Latter-day Saints. So they do the fundamentalist yes. version of what Joseph Smith said, and that usually, almost always, involves polygamy. And that's really the only major difference in the philosophy, it seems. Yeah, but it leads to them wanting nothing to do with the rest of the world right. and the rest of the population. <laughs> And you know what? That's fine with me. There Honestly, I said. <laughs> at, that, at this point, when you don't believe a rape happened when there's DNA evidence, yes. I really, I cannot I help you. You go away. <laughs> go to Zion or this utopia or whatever. But Terrell, it's like Short Creek, and that's the compound, right? That's yes. where all the polygamists were. Terrell is telling us, it's our own heaven on earth, and it was a utopia, and everyone was equal. And I'm like, no, they weren't. No, they weren't. And like, that's the idea that these people are sold. Like, we're going to build this utopia for God where everybody is treated equally, except the women are going to be subjugated, the right. 12 year old girls are going to marry the older men. We're going to kick out the 14-year-old boys when they get to be like looking at the girls because the women aren't allowed to have jobs. They yeah. have to stay home. They have to do their hair like it's the fucking 1840. We get a lookbook from Little House on the goddamn prairie. They call it the joy book. It's really bad. It's, it's like so where men bad. can look and see like, I want to marry that 12-year-old. No. They call it the joy book. They all have hair to the floor and I know that's not their fault. None of the men are here, by the way. Nope. The only people we meet are the men who have left and the women who are still suffering. Yeah. So good job. Good job, everybody. Yay! 
lot of women here, and immediately you're like, oh, she's still in the cult, or oh, no, she's out of the cult. You can tell by the little house and the prairie hair. Yeah. Like, that's how you know. Yeah. And, like, they're dresses that they made themselves, Mm -hmm. which is no shade. Like, I wouldn't do great on Project Runway either, but oh, my God. Yeah, again, if you apologize for a rapist, it's really (laughs) going to be hard for me to, like, give you props and give you your flowers for making a dress. The thing that I want to say that is hard and that I don't want to get lost, and they try to say this a lot in the beginning, when you are raised here and you are cut off, you're not allowed to watch TV, you you don't have the internet, they essentially ban books. I can't blame you for what you don't know, but when you are given the knowledge, when you are made aware of what's really happening, and you literally say, I'm not saying it didn't happen, it just didn't happen to me, so I'm fine with everything, that's my issue with these people. Right, they don't want to believe it because it's hard to believe, but I'm so fucking sorry it happened. Exactly. It's not like this is the first time this is being introduced to these people, because Terrell left, Shirley Draper, she left the cult. I love there, Shirley. There are people who have left and have, have been trying to help these people and they don't want to hear it. So no. I don't have a lot of sympathy. I'm sorry. This community was amazing. It was awesome. I mean, we could roam the hills. We could play in the creek. You know, the creek was my backyard. It was plays and programs and dances and community celebrations. There are all these artistic expressions available to us. Do you know what I don't want to hear? What? Them use the word crick. The crick. I don't like the word. Like, I under, my, my husband's so dad say says crick. crick. I know. <laughs> I just, Jack, I'm sorry. I hate it. I hate it so much. And the closed caption said crick, too. Yeah. So this isn't an accent. <laughs> I got a thing. crick I in my neck, Jack. I have a crick Jack. in my neck, yeah. I've got a creek in the backyard. Yeah. Okay? Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> We're picking a lot of battles today, aren't we? <laughs> I have therapy at five. It'll be fine. Oh, well, perfect. Okay, good. I was going to say, we got to. We have two records this I know. week. Can we, like... Oh, God. Esther, one of the people who is still in, is boo. explaining... <laughs> Fucking boo. <laughs> Esther, I'm not sorry. But she's explaining the difference between, like, regular Mormons and the FLDS. We believe in the Book of Mormon, but we believe in the original teachings of Joseph Smith. The biggest drift between... The LDS and the fundamentalists, the FLDS, is obviously going to be plural marriage, which is the term we like to use. We believe in what Joseph Smith really meant, essentially. Uh-huh. Which is just that, like, you can have multiple wives and all of the lawlessness. Well, can the wives have a say, or do you believe that they have to be 12 years old? I know. I agree. I don't get it. Like, right. <laughs> I'm, I, I mean, I get it, but I don't get it yeah. at all. And, but the point is also, which is super culty, was to isolate these people. So right. Esther and Norma and Lori, boo, 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 barf, 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 <laughs> they see it as, like, proud. Like, we don't have to rely on the outside world. But uh-huh. no, 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 no. He, that's what Warren Jeffs wanted, to isolate you, to make you feel like you couldn't go out there. Right. And we got to talk about the trust. Yes. So the whole thing about this land is that nobody owned anything. Everything was owned collectively in a trust. Right. It's the United Effort Plan, the UEP. And so the United Effort Plan was everybody was going to donate all the land so that nobody could take it and we could divide it equally because that was the dream. We, we were all equal. So everybody at the time that were building their homes had the understanding that they were consecrating, were the words that we used, these materials to the trust. We didn't own anything out here. Everything was God's and the trusts. Everybody here believed the same thing. You know, we believed this was how God wanted us to live. It's all for us and the greater good and community, and no one was thinking that everything was going to go to shit. How they weren't thinking that far ahead, I don't know. I don't understand. I do not know. But, like, everything was gods and the Uh trusts, and it's, like, more isolation, and there's a lot of stuff. Can we talk about Shirley and her daughter, Angel? I love Shirley. So Shirley is here. You can tell she got out. She's got a daughter named Angel who's 18. She's got cerebral palsy. She has an older son named John who has autism. And then she says, My two middle sons are brilliant geniuses who walk on water and have always taken really good care of us. And walk on water and always take good care of us. Shirley. I'm I'm on Team Shirley. I this. love Team Shirley. I'm I am also on Team Shirley. And so here's another enraging thing. So we see home videos with Shirley and it's the lower third is like Shirley's husband and sister wife's wedding. And yes. now all 
of the men in all of the footage, video, photos, whatever, all of their faces are blurred out uh-huh. and no one else's is. And I'm like, why are we protecting them? I know. Why are we not? Are you telling me that you seriously asked all 20 wives for their permission? Why are we right. protecting yes. men? <laughs> Unblur his fucking face. I know. I know. What are you doing? It is a great example of a really bad blur job. It's a horrible <laughs> blur job. It's maybe the worst I've ever had. And I've had some. <laughs> bad ones oh god and if there's a reason for it like fine school me on it but it looks it's a really bad look when it's 20 women and a lot of them are teenagers and like no one else's face is blurred except him no i agree and we get shirley's backstory she said i got the call that the prophet was going to place me and so it was a monday morning i did not know who i was going to marry and we were married at five o'clock that night first time i'd ever kissed anyone and by five o'clock that evening, she was married. It was the first time she ever kissed someone. He like is carrying her over the threshold and she's not into it. Well, she even <laughs> says she's like, well, I wasn't horrified. Right. Like I knew him. He wasn't like that unfortunate. She knew him from choir. And she goes, it's not like I was 15 or something. No, but you could have been, You could have been. And other people were, And Shirley. other people yeah. were. And yeah. I, she knows that now because she's out of it now. But like... Sometimes, like, the things they say are, like, their their lives are just, they don't make any sense This to me. is where I have the question, what's up with the hair on the floor? Do they have to have their hair that long? Yeah. Like, it's a rule. Yes. The swoops and the French braids and the... I mean, cutting it is, is like, a is a you can't cut, you, no, 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 you can't cut your hair. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The things you know about these people. <laughs> Under the Banner of Heaven. Yes. And HBO's Big Love. Yeah. And side googing. Yeah, but... Like, when you watch fights with The View, uh-huh. I'm like... Oh, yeah. Fundamentalist. God, Hasselbeck in that Rosie O'Donnell fight dress. She I'm, looked good. I'm what like, am I going to say? She looked good. I'm on like the ex-Mormon totally. message boards. <laughs> reading about people's experiences. But this is where we learned that Sherry's younger sister married Sherry's husband. And she's right. like, that was not uncommon. And I kind of loved it because I benefited greatly from plural marriage. From having my sister, who I already loved, in my home, taking care of my children after my little girl was born... I think you know, nine months later, and I ended up spending three years in the hospital with her. And my younger sister was home loving and caring for my children, how I wanted them to be taken care of. That was a huge benefit. So easy peasy, easy right? Peasy. Like trauma, <laughs> and, mama. And if we're being honest, I don't think Shirley was like pining for her husband. <laughs> no, she was played. I mean, yeah. right? But <laughs> there's a moment where Shirley gets a little defensive. <laughs> She's like, everyone should lighten up on the polygamy, okay? No one should have the right to define a culture, Uh which is like, now hold on a second. Yeah, oh, yeah, yes, yes. Polygamy... In a different situation, if yes. you're a polyamorous relationship, that is totally different than you waking up on a Monday morning and yes. saying by five o'clock you're going to be married and you don't know who it is and this is your first kiss and you might be 15 years old when it happens. A 100 it, million it percent. So polygamy, it's different than like polyamory. And I'm sorry, like this was before I knew that I was going to love Shirley because she is like, I don't think it's fair that the hegemonic gaze of mainstream gets to define a culture any culture. But when it comes to populations that are, you know, created to be deviants, then that is absolutely accepted. And that's the way it is. We put them all in a basket and this is how we understand them. That's why mainstream culture hated us. And I said, hey, girl, tell me the FDLS take on gay marriage. Oh, yeah. Because that actually happened to us. You know what I mean? We actually were defined literally as deviants. We could have been arrested for our behavior. And I and like we like weren't out there marrying 14 year olds. You know what I mean? Right. But people were just saying that you were or that like that would be the next step. And also, like, (laughs) A, that's true. And B, don't tell me that you were all about live and let live when if Steve and I showed up in that town, I don't think that we would have been welcomed with. I don't think the bakery's making our wedding cake. No, again, (laughs) when it's convenient. It's live and let live when it's convenient. It's like, you know, it's easy. Equal when it's convenient. 100%. And that's definitively not what equality is, when it's convenient. That exactly. Does, like, that doesn't, it does not compute. No. I think it makes sense. And then I have, oh shit, the music changed. It's ominous, girl. <laughs> What's happening? Because this bitch fucking Warren Jeffs is here. <laughs> and he's, because all he did was record himself. And the stuff he says is like absolutely chilling. I don't understand. It's like the Nixon tapes. You know you're evil. Why are you recording yourself? Because what he's doing is brainwashing them. Uh-huh. And he's scaring them. So he's talking about the 1953. Right. I can only take so much of that this week. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. I don't think I can do any more of it. Like, and I don't think you, dear listener, I don't think you yeah, want it as much no. as you say you do. I mean, it's so bad. We've evolved as a podcast, don't you think? I do. Just a little bit. I you do. Know what I mean? 
But he does, you know what? All cult members, not all cult members, yeah. a few cult members, sorry, not all cult members. Uh, Sarah Edmonds is going to be real mad. Cult be careful. Le- and I meant cult leaders, actually. <laughs> but they do a lot of like extra enunciating and they yes. use the S's, remember, yes. in Wild Wild Country? Yes. He just kept using sh at the end of everything, yes. whether it had an S or not. Yeah. We're Jeff just does like- this too. We come today to the subject of the 1953 raid. It's very important that you young people see how the prophets and other good people have defended you, protected you, how the government of the United States persecuted this priesthood through the years. The 1953 raid was made to destroy our families. Warren Jeffs is, like, the kind of person that even the fact that he's a pedophile, rapist, uh-huh. fucking, like, bamboozler, Abuser, yeah. all of that aside, if I, was like, found myself in a bar with him and he was normal, I would not be able to have a conversation. I couldn't do the it. The fuck is going on with, like, the whistling with your teeth? Yeah, he's like, it's very important. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> and he keeps saying, you young people. He's like, you young people have to see the prophets and other good people have defended and yeah. protected you. Yeah. So what he's saying is this big 1953 raid and everyone's like, oh, God, the fucking raid. And here we we go again it's like we've heard about this raid before and basically like the state of Arizona came in and was like none of y'all are paying taxes I think a lot of you are marrying the kids here no one is safe we're taking the kids and we're blowing this whole thing up there were 36 men and 86 wives yes math on that is quite interesting and now Arizona fucked up big time everyone was wrong here everybody I I absolutely agree so the plan was to like free the women and children but the women wanted to stay because the the women wanted to stay when you're in a cult like this you're either born into it and it's all you know or you're there by choice I was thinking about the women in Waco remember that building was on fire and one of the firemen pushed a lady out the second floor window and she ran back in that's what all these people did the 1953 raid was always talked about when I was growing up because both of my parents were taken away as children my own father was 8 years old and was dragged out from under a bed by a uniformed police officer whose intent was to separate from him from his parents and adopt him out and so when the, you come in the middle of the night with whatever, like, riot gear you had in 1953 in Arizona and right. dragging eight-year-olds who are hiding under the bed, like, Arizona, this is not the fucking way. Like, this is Can't not how you that. fucking do it. And, like, it's so traumatizing for the children. It's all bad. It's all bad. And what happened is that it just made them be more tight-knit. Yes. It made them not trust the government. It totally backfired. And I'm not a single woman was in the room in 1958 or three or right. whatever it was in Arizona being like, can we all take a can you deep, imagine- deep breath? Like Jan. Guys. Guys. Hey, guys. Hold on. Can we hold on for one minute? I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. It's me, Jan. What do you want, sweet tits? No, I have your water and your beer and everything. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I just, ugh. I'm so dumb. This is the stupidest thing. Um, maybe we shouldn't rip the kids mm. when they're screaming and crying and clinging to their mom. Like, in the what middle of the night. What is this woman doing in here? No, no, no. I'm so sorry. Your pot roast is almost ready. I just, oh, I just, I'm sorry. Can you help me carry up my weak arms? I can't do it. I was just wondering if maybe I, we shouldn't traumatize a whole group of people. I have your coffee and your beer and everything. And everything. <laughs> I have everything. The pot roast is almost ready. Ding! Oh, there it is. Okay, I'm sorry. I just, my weak arms, you understand. No, I mean, I understand that, like, the intention was good. You want to save these fucking people, but, like, you're, you're not understanding the psychology. And you know who's not getting any of it? Fucking Norma. I hate Norma the most. Norma. Norma's like... The state of Arizona wanted to erase us. The state of Utah wanted to erase us. We are an annoyance to them, a big thorn in their side. Why? I don't know. Other than that we're different. She's like, I don't we're just different and I'm like you are endangering children yeah and Norma can't see past any of it she's a total Warren Jeffs apologist oh my god she thinks everything is fine people made up stories even though you know she knows it's all true yeah Norma and Esther and Lori on my list I need to read the people the text I sent you at 3.49am this morning I said good morning I'm sorry for the early text but I have no love or grace in my heart for Norma I would like to watch her get hit by a bus and I responded in 30 seconds saying I hate all of them all of them in all caps RIP our iTunes reviews because I am all caps angry today Oh, thank God. Now we're in Los Angeles. Like, we get a two-minute reprieve for, like, the real world. We're with Glenn, who, look, yeah. I have notes for him. Glenn is a TV producer, showrunner, and lover of life. Glenn, please, we don't have time for this. Lover and of life. He's the executive producer of this thing that we're watching, but somehow made himself a talking head. Yeah. So, in 2007, Glenn reads an article about the Lost Boys of FLDS. And no. this is fucking bananas. I did not know. I oh guess I God. knew a little bit about this story, but I, I forgot. 
There was this amazing article on um, the phenomenon of the Lost Boys from the FLDS about how Warren Jeffs, who was the prophet, he basically told these um, families to kick their boys out, send them away at 14, 15, 16 years old, so the older men could have some of the younger women as wives. So they didn't want the competition with the younger men. I was fascinated with this. Like, exile them. Like, make their families kick them out of the house to live on the fucking street. Because they were, and he said the reason was they were competition for the older men. And that was just, like, no. All we want to do is, like, play Xbox. What are you talking about? Xbox. I know. I'm trying to think of, like, what 14-year-old boys would be doing. And I'm, like, collecting rocks, I guess. Yes. Right. You know how much footage we have of people collecting rocks? I know, I know. But I'm like, they're not competition. What are you talking? And we're just, you get to decide who marries who. Right. So, like, why are you going to kick out these boys? Like, and these families that are like, yes, Warren, Jess, whatever you say, throwing their kids out on the street never to come home. I mean, they would drive them miles away, drop them off on the side of the road, and leave them there. This is true. This is horrible. And this wasn't a handful of times. They did this by the hundreds. It's unfucking believable And they don't know anything. They're 14. They're 15. They've never been able to read a book yeah. or socialize with anyone else. They don't know anything but this crazy life. And now they're just out on the street. And my thing about this is that Glenn says he was reading an article about this and he became fascinated by it. And I said, that to me is like known dumping grounds. If yes. we know enough about this custom of this happening, that somebody wrote an article about it, can we stop it? Right. Between the rape and the exiling and the, I don't understand. Like, I don't get it. And I, I don't, don't understand get that like part of the writing of the article process isn't letting the authorities know, know. that 14-year-old boys are being thrown out on the street. What on what earth? What is happening? What is Why happening? Why do we have to be responsible for fixing I everything? Don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. I don't know. <laughs> but Glenn reads the article the next morning he ha- he's on a plane. Yes. He bought a ticket. He's heading to Short Creek. Now, this is Glenn doing the good work. This all shifts for me at some point. Uh, 1,000%. But yeah. Glenn brings along Sam Brower. Sam, he's, wor- he's a PI working for the U.S. government. He wrote the book Profits Pray yes. that the documentary is oh, based on. right. Yeah, we covered here on this very podcast yes. about 100 years ago, <laughs> give or take. Right. But Sam Brower's like the guy. Who like, says I've been alive forever? He knows everything about this. We met Sam Brower, a private investigator working with the government. And I remember Sam telling me that they're aware you're here and be careful. This guy right here is one of the spies. He's a spy for who? When I heard that, I was like, okay, this is fucked up. Sam says to Glenn, they know you're here, be careful. Holy shit. And it's like fences, they're all super paranoid. Yes. They go to sleep every night assuming that the 1953 raid is going to happen again. Yeah, and it didn't used to be like that. Like, all the people who got away, like, Terrell, who I love, is like, when I was a kid, there were no fences here. When Warren Jeffs took over, the paranoia went through the fucking roof. Through the roof. And now there's cameras everywhere. There's the fence around the community. These, like, fucking children see anybody who's not one of their own, and they run screaming from them. Screaming. The traumatization of these fucking children. Yeah. And to be clear, the fences aren't like chain link fences. They are no, cement yeah. fences yes. completely blocking in so you can't see anything. And Glenn is saying like... And I remembered we were followed. We had rocks thrown at us and people were spinning on the car. The interesting thing about this town that Sam taught me is that, you know, if you get in trouble here, you can't call the police because they're all FLDS. You just gotta get out. You can't call the cops. There are no cops. Right. So it's a public place, but yeah. it's all FLDS. Right. And Glenn says there were people in town who wanted to help him. Like some girl says, meet me in a parking lot. Out of the clear blue <laughs> sky. <laughs> we wouldn't be here if not for her. No, I know. She's like, Glenn, meet me in the parking lot off the compound. And she just hands him a bunch of tapes of Warren Jeff speaking. How did she get them? She probably stole them. Oh, like a God, badass. I love her. And now we have to see footage of 12 foot tall Warren Jeff singing. Sing- Why are they always singing? I know it sounds weird coming from two people who I very know. much enjoy musicals, but can we cool it <laughs> with the singing? I desire here today to sincerely point the way 
His singing voice is also terrifying. It's just his speaking voice. I know. And I was like, somebody loves this. You know, like somebody watched this and was like, oh, like cried because they love it. It was Norma. Totally. And I hate Norma. Norma. And Esther and Lori. Lori, oh, wait for oh, Well, Lori. you know what? Lori at least really suffers. You know what I mean? Don't you defend no, Lori. No, I'm not a Lori apologist. I'm just saying like all of these women that are terrible are also suffering greatly. I don't care. I, I know. I think a lot of other people are suffering I and know. I care more about them. I know. So 1998, Warren's dad Rulin Jeffs has a stroke and Warren takes over. And that's when everything changes because there were yeah. things where Rulin was like a, a hard ass, but he was like, things were suggested. And now Warren right. made them mandatory. And so there are rules against dancing. Literally, you're not allowed to have fun. Um, and then they started really becoming a lot more strict on things like language and whether or not we could dance. Evil powers gain control over us when we are having fun, when we relax our prayers. You can't say the word fun. You have to say the word enjoyment. I know. They're not mentioning how he killed all the pets, but he killed all the pets. He did? He went around and killed all the pets. What? Yep. You can only wear certain colors, certain hairstyles, no TV, no radio, certainly no internet. This is where we get the lookbook for the hair design. And this is my question. Is the hair like that because Warren Jeffs thinks it's hot? Does he just like love hair like that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I mean, maybe where they're like paintings of Joseph Smith time and they oh, all maybe. had that hairdo and so now they have to have it forever and ever. It's so fucking gross. But then he starts editing the books. Yeah, so he's like editing children's books to color in long sleeves. But like they're coloring <laughs> books and he's col- he's like taking that away from us too. We can't just fucking color. So like the instead of having short sleeves, they would also just color the yes. actual arms so yes. it looks like they were wearing long sleeves. And then he's like, it's such a hassle. I'm just going to ban all the books. Oh, and I'm also going to close all the schools. Well then, because the kids were going to public school, which yeah. I was like, they were what? I, know. <laughs> I couldn't believe that they were allowed to be exposed yeah. to the outside world. But even then, he's like, nah, fuck it. Now they all have to be educated here. And that's when Shirley has had it. Oh, yeah. Shirley has had it with the school thing really set her over the edge. But also, she's like seeing the cracks in the system. One of the things that growing up in this community was pretty sacrosanct was the family. That was one of the big changes that Warren started to make. Just taking women away from a man that he was trying to punish. And he would give women to a man that he was rewarding, destroying family units that way. You ladies belong to the prophet. As far as the Lord placing you where you belong, so barfy. He's using girls and women as currency. Exactly. He'd take a wife away from a man as punishment. He'd give a girl to a man as a reward. He was splitting kids. Just like if you like got out of line, he'd take your kids away from you. And send me away. Like I yeah. would be banished from the fucking compound or whatever. Yeah. And she's thinking like, I want to get out of here, but I've never had a job. I don't have any income. Two of my kids are special needs. And where's your husband? It's exactly what Warren Jeffs wanted though. Like you don't have any income. Uh-huh. You can't leave. Right. So Shirley says that for four years, she has to keep her mouth shut. And she's like, they were the darkest four years of my life. She's like watching her kids get indoctrinated. There's like home videos of her husband saying weird, gross, culty church stuff to the kids and making them repeat it. Like instead of cheese to take a picture, they say keep sweet. It's so gross. And like keep sweet is not, like what it means uh-huh. is that like fall in line and be submissive and listen to Warren Jeffs or the prophet or the yes. or, your, or the man in the in the room. Like it's not a nice thing to say. Remember that? We'll get back to it later. Shirley is saying that like it's been four years of her keeping her mouth shut but like people are starting to notice. For four years, you know, letting my children become indoctrinated. My husband was saying all the right things and doing all the right things and I was not. It was only after, you know, they were coming to my home to ask me if I believed in Warren Jeffs. I thought I've really got to make this move and take my children and leave. Can you? Hi, Shirley. Hi, Shirley. Just wondering, girl. Quick (laughs) quest. Your hair looks horrible, by the way. Um, <laughs> I I would have been here sooner, but it took me 19 hours to French braid this hornet's right. nest. And make my own bread. Totally. <laughs> and Shirley says, like, she has this beautiful moment that Angel, her daughter with special needs, like, saved her life. Yes. Because as horrible as the first three years of Angel's life were to be in a hospital. Yes. Shirley was able to get space. And she was away. She didn't have to go to church every weekend. Her sister was raising her kids and she's like was really able to see what was happening. Right. Do they have sewing machines? Uh, yes. Okay, so they don't have to hand make those horrible dresses. No. Okay. <laughs> I don't think so. No. Where no. do they get the fabric? Some horrible heathen store. <laughs> Once a year they go to like a Joann's or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You think they ever go to Mood? <laughs> Thank you, Mood. Then 
Or with Norma, who still calls him Uncle Warren fucking <laughs> barf. She's, Norma's like, all he wanted to do was protect us from, from some real yucky stuff. <laughs> that horrible music giving young people ideas. I know. And she's like, the only thing, Norma, Norma. <laughs> she says, the only thing that Warren Jeffs did that got people a little bit agitated. That's it. He only did one thing, you guys. One thing. Is that he said, hello, friends. We're going to do things a little bit differently from everybody else. <laughs> And I'm like, what? And then I know. I'm like, are you serious? And Norma continues because she's trying to give me a fucking heart attack. <laughs> she's like, and in order to do that, he had to exile people like my own father. <laughs> Her own father <laughs> was exiled. His gravestone. I know. I know. Has just died in exile. May 24th, 2004. This woman says of her own father, he should have known better. <laughs> he, she's like, I completely agree with Uncle Warren. And he really, he really screwed up that, that dad of mine. Can you imagine? I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> and she's like, you know what? Oh, God. I loved people being exiled. I felt so safe. Norma, Norma is, I is, know. is I know. there's no coming back. I know. And she's like, you know what? You know what my truth is? And I'm like, tell me, Norma. Please, just Norma. Just lay it on me. Uncle Warren was just like his father. They were just genuine, concerned, loving people. I don't know what else to say. I mean, that's my truth, and I'll hold to it. But people may say what they believe. I texted you that I wanted to watch her get hit by a bus. Not even just get hit by a bus. I wanted to watch. Watch. I had so much hate in my heart this morning. Hate in my heart for Norma. And you know what? Good. (laughs) It's nice to not feel alone in that for once. Norma says, well, my truth is that Warren Jeffs and his father were wonderful, kind, loving people. But Norma, it's not the truth. It's categorically not the truth. There's evidence. We'll get back to it. But like for people, this is not like, well, this is my experience and this is my truth. No, 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 no. No. What what she is saying is she knows what happened to other people. She's just saying it didn't happen to her. I don't care. I know. No, no. What I'm saying is that makes her worse. Right. You know what I mean? That makes you an accomplice. Right. And especially when you have people like Terrell. Yeah. Yes. And and Shirley and all these people and so many more people who we'll meet later saying like, Norma, would you wake up a little bit? I know. And she's just refusing to see the truth. And like the grace that I just can't have for her is that like this is all she knows. She is making the choices that Shirley didn't make. She's like, I know I can't leave. I know I can't go anywhere else. And in her head, she's just justifying everything to make her existence okay. And I don't have any grace for that. Right. Because there are so many resources now today. Yes. You know what I mean? Like she could, she just doesn't want to. And like, I understand that it's all you know and it could be hard to leave that but like what are you leaving it's a barren wasteland like go and have a thriving life I know Norma does not she want just, that well, she doesn't want it she doesn't want like, that like she sometimes people really do enjoy being miserable yes you know what I mean oh, I know like I know like 10 of those people half of the week I'm that person I, I wasn't gonna say it but then we meet like you know we hear from Terrell who's oh, just shit. who like actually stood up to Warren Jeff. I love it's it possible yeah because Terrell was explaining what it's like to be a man and he was like all the men would go and they basically had to kiss the ring and he said that like I wouldn't do it I would not pledge my allegiance to Warren Jeffs I'll swear my allegiance to God to something else but not a man and that's what all the books said in fact they say if you do that you're stupid I mean you see the results of history every time and he got really pissed he says I'm your only way to salvation I says well that sure shoots the shit out of the Jesus Christ theory I was raised my whole life to hear and that pissed him off even more so he goes and gets in it. He gets his shit. He gets in his truck and he leaves. And he lives in his truck for three months. Right. And Warren Jeffs, like, they get into a screaming match. Yeah. Warren Jeffs, who's already fucking 20 feet tall, is on his tippy toes, like, hovering over Terrell and screaming at him. Yeah. Like, what? I know. I mean, and he lived in his truck for three months. You three know months. what I have to ask? What? Where did he poop? Oh, in the woods. Where? Or in the <laughs> desert. <laughs> What? Yeah. Like, he would get out of the, what? Of you course. You said that was such a, th- like, not a gas station or a Starbucks? I mean, maybe. <laughs> but he's on the run. Just the one. Actually, no, they don't even care where he is, so hopefully. <laughs> so now we're back with Glenn. Glenn's the filmmaker. He's the reason we're all here. So Glenn, we learned, was, after reading the article, was, like, hanging out with the Lost Boys within 48 hours. He yeah. had to meet them. And I said, Glenn is a doer. I like Glenn. This is the sound of me eating my words. Oh, that was, I did not know what sound that was. The first. So once you hear it in the yeah, playback, yeah, yeah, yeah. you'll be like, ooh, that was a confusing sound I chose. <laughs> this is I thought you were gonna go slurping like slurping my words. You know, like <laughs> you've seen me eat. You know it's not elegant. <laughs> for for a 
not a visual medium. You gotta adjust. Glenn is telling us that he gets taken to this apartment where we meet Ethan Fisher. And I guess Ethan Fisher was the first of the boys to be excommunicated for just being 14. So your father listened to Warren and decided he didn't want to leave, so he asked you to leave. He was probably one of the most lost boys there. When I first left, I didn't have anything to live for, really. Kind of sucks, because you don't have family, real family to go to. Go hang out with, stuff like that. Starting to miss that a lot. And so he, like, has this apartment where he takes in these Lost Boys and, like, cooks for them and helps them adjust. Like, all of these kids seem remarkably emotionally unscathed yeah. from having just been fucking exiled from their families for no reason. But, like, doesn't that tell you everything? Yeah. That the minute they're away from this cult, yeah. then they... I mean, as, trauma is real. Yes. 1,000%. But there's something to be said for, like, they're doing it. Yeah, and Ethan is making a dinner that doesn't look delicious. It doesn't. <laughs> He's, like, the leader of them. Yeah. He's, He's just, like, stirring loose meat. Meat. And I'm like, are you putting that? Is that a sloppy? Is that sloppy Joe makings, Ethan? But I guess what it, you making, it's girl? easy and cheap for like a house full of boys, <laughs> right? I know. I know these poor fucking kids, and all of them have been told that they just like they weren't religious enough, or they weren't working hard, they weren't yeah, trying, they enough. weren't submissive, and I know. mean it's fucking crazy. Like the parents, what level of indoctrinated do you have to be to like drive your kid 20 miles out and kick them out of your car? Yeah, and I never can't imagine it. Never talk to them ever, ever again. So right now, Glenn is going on a tour with the Lost Boys. They, they like pile into like a minivan. Right. To like give them a tour of the community they've been banished from. <laughs> I know. Weird. Like the, the boys are like no hard feelings, mom and dad. Because it does feel like, I mean, it's just like not a lot of people anymore. Yeah. And I guess they feel like, yeah, we can take them all in a minivan full of teenagers. Yeah. So they're with this kid, Leroy, and they go to his house. And Leroy's like, um, I got kicked out really fast. So I want to go like pick up some sneakers. Oh my God. And Glenn is saying that like they get to Leroy's house and Glenn is like, do you want to take the mic off? He's like, no, 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 you can hear whatever. It is heartbreaking. This is so fucking heartbreaking. Leroy opens the front door to his house. Sylvie! Hey! You hear the joy in his brothers and sisters. Leroy's home, Leroy's home. I started to cry hearing this. And at one point, one of his younger brothers said, are you going to stay? I can't. He said, no, I can't. No, I can't. And they're just asking, like, can you stay? Can you stay? And he just says, I can't. Yeah. And he turns around and leaves. And we see these little kids watching him leave from the window. Leroy is 16 years 16, old. And like, where are you? Go- like, what? How is this happening? What's the plan? Like, how is this happening? And for what? Like, there are no other men on the compound or they're hiding from the cameras. And Glenn is allowing it and not telling us that that's what's happening. Exactly. What's going on here? It's fucking crazy. And so, like, we're back with Norma. Uh. <laughs> Every time I, I went, oh, fucking Norma. Because she's like, like after, after we're with all the law. Lost Boys yeah. and Leroy's like, I can't to his siblings. Norma's like, we are kind, loving, right. amazing people. Are there things we don't tolerate? You betcha. We don't tolerate Im- immorality or deceit. And when we find someone among us that's doing that, we're asked to leave. And I'm like, Norma, sweetheart, you realize that Warren Jeffs is both immoral and deceitful, right? Yes. Do you see like, that? She's so fucking high and mighty. And like, no, she doesn't see it. Norma is probably smart and only sees the things that make it okay for her to do what she's when doing. When it's convenient. Yes. A hundred percent. That's the theme, right? They also don't like when people go public, like how Alyssa Wall went on CNN to talk about how Warren Jeffs forced her to marry her own cousin when she was 14. And Norma's like, that's just rude, honestly. She's like, that's actually, it's very hurtful. (laughs) Yeah. Ask Alyssa how hurtful it is. Now, here come the lawsuits. We have court cases. We have subpoenas. Because what happens is when Warren Jeffs went to prison, all of a sudden it was like open season for people who had left Mm -hmm. to sort of like try to reclaim their lives. And so, but what happens is the same thing like the 1953 raid. It's like, see, just like all the other prophets, he's being persecuted. But then Terrell is the first one to be like, doing the same stupid shit. You're pissing people off. (laughs) You're breaking the law. Right, you're doing illegal shit. Exactly. You're a bunch of fucking rapey creeps. Exactly. Like, of course. And so there was a time. We see. Are you going to talk about the FBI Most Wanted poster? Yes. This is bananas. There was a time when Warren Jeffs was one of the top three most wanted people in the world. Ask me who the other two were. Literally sandwiched between who? Osama bin Laden <laughs> and Whitey Bulger. I so Norma, Whitey Bulger was so hot. Patrick. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Norma. <laughs> they don't put, 
like do-gooders who are misunderstood on the fucking most wanted list. I'm sure that if you were to talk to her, she'd be, we don't we don't trust authority. We don't recognize course, the government. Remember like, the yeah. 1953? <laughs> like she still calls him Uncle Warren. Like I know. I know that I'm screaming into the void. I know you hear me. I, I know, know you understand. But Norma never will, and Lori never will, and Esther won't, and I just I can't handle it. Norma literally is saying like the day that Uncle Warren was arrested, it was like a very sinking feeling, extreme sadness. It's unbelievable. I mean, all these feelings are just coming up and through. And it, uh, you know, why would they do that to us? Why? What are they trying to do? He's done nothing wrong. Why would they do this to us? We've done nothing wrong. And she goes, he's done nothing wrong. Yeah. And I'm like, what am I watching? He raped children and he allowed others to rape children. Lori calls this circumstantial evidence. And I'm like, Lori, first of all, circumstantial evidence is evidence. Fuck off. Yeah. And second, there's DNA evidence. He's the father of a baby that a 14-year-old gave birth to. Fuck off. And like we see, thank fucking God. Like prophets pray I will never forgive Ugh. for playing the sex tape of him I having know. sex with I a 12-year-old know. girl. I know. I know. Thank God we didn't have to hear it. But we see like the wedding pictures of him with like the child's face blurred out but they're kissing like they're kissing it's so like the it's all right there it's just all right there and they're like oh yeah yeah because they asked them like Glenn is like have you heard the stories like what like what have you heard and they, Esther, she asked Esther yeah Esther's like I personally don't believe the stories I've heard them it's not that I haven't heard them it's that I don't I knew him and I they're not true to me to me. First of I, all, it, the truth is the truth is the truth. But the producer is you because the producer's like, do you think they could be true to other people? And Esther's like, you know what? Honestly, yeah. now that we're here, I think people made up stories just to cause problems. Esther? It's just Esther's crazy. Esther's the biggest problem in but front of like, my face right now. That's because like they're just repeating what their husbands are saying. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So he gets life in prison plus 20 years. Fucking hooray. <laughs> and like, honestly, how much longer do I have to listen to these brainwashed women defend this piece of shit? I it, know. It's getting to be, and I'm like, how much longer is it? Because they even say like, I don't listen to what they say. I block it out. They are actively ignoring the truth. So you know how this documentary is about three different things? Yes. We're back to one of the things. It's the <laughs> trust. So we're here with Judge Jeff Barlow, and he explains the whole thing about yes. this, this land. So it all came from their religion. Everyone was working together. United, yes, right. United effort plan or whatever to build this community. So a boy or a man would go to the leaders and say, "I want to build a house." Yes, and the leaders would say, "Okay, great. Here's this plot of land." They'd give him permission, but he would never own it, and everybody knew that. And that was meant to make it so that everybody was equal. Like you could get the materials to build your house, and maybe you had to spend money. We don't really get all the details. Yeah, but you build a five hundred thousand dollar house. It's not yours. There's no deed. There's no yeah. paperwork. Everyone's like fucking awesome. It belongs to God now. Yes, cool. And that's how they're able to kick you out when they don't like you anymore. By the way. Way. And so that's what Warren Jeffs is doing. So yes. he starts kicking families out of the homes they built with their own hands. Yes. And he's doing this secretly. I mean, he is, but he isn't, right? right? Because then he starts liquidating the homes. So what happens is after he was arrested, all of the people he kicked out of their homes start coming back. Yes. Because they want their homes back, even though they didn't actually own the things that they built. It's still like their home. They exactly. built it. They lived in it for however many years. Right. By the hundreds, by the thousands. And we learn that that's part of the provision because the state of Arizona steps in. The state sees that he's liquidating all these assets without anybody else knowing. That was the whole reason it was set up is to protect the assets so that nobody could ever liquidate them off and sell the people's land. And so they're inviting people back. They're like, if you ever lived here, you now have the right to come back and like claim a home. Warren Jeffs didn't get or realize or understand because I hate him. Yeah. That when he changed it to a charitable trust, then now the state of Utah is in charge. And exactly. he didn't know that. And Shirley's like, ah, that was his Shirley fatal flaw. loves telling that part of the story. Right. Because like someone didn't read the fine print. Someone thought he was he was indestructible and he was invincible and he's not. And this is like the last third of this movie is about they call them apostates, the people who've been either kicked out or left on their own, coming back to live among the FLDS that are still there and like still in the cult. Right. And they have to kind of like live side by side now. Right. So now we meet Christine. Yes. Christine Marie. And Christine, everyone is saying to Glenn, the filmmaker, you gotta meet Christine, you gotta meet Christine. We're with Christine in her garden where she's picking apricots. That's how she's gonna decide to pronounce it. I know. It's, ap it's apricots, <laughs> it's apricots, right? <laughs> I never think I'm saying anything no. right all the time. But it's apricots, right? I hate this woman on site. She picks one off the vine. She's eating it. She refers to it as like the Garden of fucking Eden. I'm like, I don't know who you are or why you're here, but I know I don't like you. So she lives in Short Creek. Yeah. She moved there from Vegas. And she, like, we're going to learn eventually that she is Mormon, but she's not FLDS. Like, how did she find 
this place. So she's sort of become a spokesperson for FLDS people who sort of want their rights. They don't have any in this situation. But, but... the reason she is that is because she and her husband are living on top of the FLDS people just randomly. And she's seeing... Then we saw an eviction of elderly people with oxygen tanks, handicapped people in a wheelchair, people crying, just mobbed around this house, and I took photos. Who in the world evicts a grandmother with an oxygen tank? I'm sorry, I don't care what the legal thing is, you don't do that to a grandmother who's an American citizen. So what's happening is the state is evicting these people, but the state is also saying, like, it doesn't have to be like this, girl. All you got to do is sign this deed of sale or whatever. For a 100 bucks, you can stay here. You just have to abide by the rules and pay your taxes. And these people won't do it, so they're evicting them. Right, and so now Christine and her husband, Tolga, are, like, posting all these photos of the evictions on Facebook. Because they don't understand what's happening. Right, they're, like, they're being attacked. Yeah. And, and Christine reads a comment of it, and yeah. I'm like, Christine, I don't think you know what you just read no. <laughs> because they're me and you screaming yes. why aren't you calling on the government to help with all the child abuse exactly like you have to do your re and this is where i feel like i feel like i'm crazy like yeah. i feel like i'm missing something huge i must be right. like what is everyone all up in arms about they're just asking you to like live in a fucking society pay your property taxes and sign a very standard yes. housing agreement right we're not signing any occupancy agreement i will not to me, that is like telling me, I telling everybody, the whole world and them, I agree with you and I don't agree with my convictions and my religion. So why don't I just sign away my religion? They'd rather lose a hundred million dollars in property than violate their religion. What does one have to do with the other? They just don't want the government involved. And the government is just saying, I'm sorry, but like you live in America. <laughs> this is how it works here. And now Norma, because it's all about convenience, is loving that Christine is an outsider. Exactly. She's so happy that there's an outsider here to have her back. And I'm like, Norma, it's always about it's always about what's convenient for your stupid narrative. But meanwhile, Shirley's like, isn't it great? Because they're like, the state is getting it. And then they're demolishing everything. Because and there's Shirley's Shirley with like, a hard hat on. Like, yahoo! <laughs> Shirley is our Shirley who's Angel's mother, the young girl with she got the hell out of there. She got the hell out. Terrell, the other one in the wheelchair, he's the one that got out of there. Yep. They're both back now. And they're like on the board trying to do the right thing. And they're also trying to help the FLDS people who kicked them out. Right. They're trying to set up social services. They're trying to set up food banks. I mean, all of this footage of Glenn driving around, there were like abandoned cars. And yes. it really was like a wasteland. They're, they want to fix it up and make it an actual town and exactly. an actual community and give them all these resources. And like, it used to be that the church appointed people to city council. But right. Shirley comes in and she's like, you guys, there's this thing called voting. You should <laughs> right. register. And, and Terrell's like, you don't understand how powerful local government is. Yes. Like, really They're trying to so teach people. so excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Terrell's like, I got to get in on this. The local voting and the totally. government. And like, and what's happening here is that, like, the apostates, as they call them, who had been kicked out and have come back, they're coming back in big numbers. Right, right. And they're sort of taking over the town. They elect their own mayor, who's like a democratically elected mayor. They win. Yep. It's like a reverse welcome to Leith when the Nazis came in and took over. Like, the yes. good people are here. They're taking over. And, like, the FLDS that are still there are feeling like they're being pushed out. They're just not agreeing to live in a normal society. Right. And, like, pay your taxes and just sign. Of, again, so standard, this paperwork. It's, it's like, like the most standard thing. For 100 bucks, you get to stay in your house. It's crazy. And no one will bother you anymore. Right. And then you can believe in whatever. You, you can always <laughs> believe in whatever, Norma. No one, I promise you, no one's taking your hairdo away from you. So, in the end, we're back with filmmaker Glenn, who is, like, desperately trying to convince us that all points of view here are valid. He describes himself as the only filmmaker who's ever been able to show both sides of this thing, the FLDS and the non-FLDS, and you shouldn't be normalizing it, no. Glenn. No. That's the thing. He's talking about how much he loves the FLDS kids. Of course you do. They are sweet and adorable. They are in danger. Yeah, this is a disaster, Glenn. It's a and you are enabling it. Yes. Like, you need to hear that. I hope you hear this. This is not okay what you did. Because what he says is... I think the world needs to hear these stories and really understand what's happening here. Not just in a soundbite and not just in an agenda. This town, everybody has their story and that's their truth. And everybody just needs to accept that. 
and he looks directly in my face yeah. and he says, this is their truth and everyone just needs to accept that. And I'm not accepting it, Glenn, and you shouldn't fucking ask me to. How dare you? What would you do if you met a family of people that loved living in a burning building? Would you say, like, their, their point of view is valid and the kids who have no choice, like, should be stuck in this burning it's fucking building? It's their truth? No. Like, no, it's not. Like, sometimes the truth is the truth is the truth and what they're, like, the, I don't have time for, no. like, my experience and my truth. No. That's not what that is, Glenn. No, and, like, it's a very weird, disappointing ending because in the end, Lori, who's, like, the saddest one of them all, she's just so sad. They end up having to, like, leave Shore Creek and move, like, two hours away to, like, live in peace or whatever. We see their kids. They're still in the cult. It's so fucking sad. And, like, it ends with them looking at the camera singing a song. None of the promises that the Lord has placed on the place have changed because God doesn't lie and he doesn't change his promises. It's just it's just kind of hard to go there right now. <laughs> They're just singing. It's and more it's, singing. It's more singing and like it's the dreariest way to end a documentary that they're trying to make it sound happy. Like Discovery Plus, why did you allow this? I don't know. I don't understand like how or why this got made. I think it's super dangerous and irresponsible and the singing. I know. And Discovery Plus, I love you. You guys do great work. Yes. I was shocked. I know. I, I was know. shocked by how the, completely irresponsible this the is. The one-two punch of this and Relentless, I gotta say. <laughs> I've never felt so like, what am I missing? I know. I, am I watching the same thing? I Thank know. God we always watch the same thing. It's even true. if we have different points of view, I just feel like she'll get it. I'll be I'll be safe in the recording studio at least. Oh my god, we did what's it called? It's called Keep Sweet, and I'm not doing the voice. No. <laughs> Fam, so many things. Come see us on tour. Yes. Chicago, Boston, Seattle, Los Angeles. We're doing class action park. Yes. You know you want to see all the jokes, all the new stuff. Our live shows are insane. If you've never been to one, get to one of our live shows. Come by yourself. You're gonna make new friends. Oh, it's totally the best. make new friends. Speaking of coming by yourself, come to Obsessed Fest. Yes. September 30th, October 2nd, Columbus, Ohio. Tickets are really, really selling out, everybody. It's an Obsessed Network family weekend. We're doing live shows and karaoke and panels. We're bringing in all of our friends that aren't on Obsessed Fest that you want to meet and talk to and get pictures with. They're yeah, all coming. It's going to be a huge, it's just going to be a party weekend. So it get really ready. is going to be a get that liquid party IV weekend. Ready <laughs> totally. to go. Also, join us on the Patreon, fam. Over 300 episodes to download a binge right this second. Yes. What are we doing next, girl? So, Dayline did this thing where they did a double episode yes. of Kristen Smart and the Murdoch Murders. Yes. So, we're just going to do that, but they're just going to be two episodes. Of course. So, we're doing, because uh, they are not really. Related no, at all. It's like, no. thanks for watching part one. They're going to split it up eventually. Yeah, yeah, Dateline yeah. is crazy. I don't know what they do with putting things online or not. So we're doing the Kristen Smart episode of Dateline that came out If recently. you guys don't know the Kristen Smart case, there's a podcast called Your Own Backyard. It's yeah. all about this like 16-year cold case of this the girl who went missing. The podcaster's in it. They solve it. It's crazy. If you're from California, you definitely know about it. It's a crazy, crazy case. Yeah. So stay tuned for the trailer for that. Yeah. Our funny and hilarious outtakes. Ragey outtakes this week. Ragey. My throat hurts. I know. Mine does too already. All right. I need some all right, we love you guys. We love you. Bye. Bye. Kristen Smart, just 19 years old when she vanished. The police are kind of like, well, she'll be back. It's every father or mother's worst fear. The case was not solved that first year or the next. You're missing a big piece of the puzzle. Through the years, Kristen's presence lingered in the poster on the highway, on the pathways through the red brick dorms where she was last seen. You've only got so many leads to follow. And then someone discovered a way to shake some old evidence loose. I started asking, do you remember the Kristen Smart story? There was no stopping what happened next. I'm a fan of you. I'm a fan of you. I'm a fan of doing this. <laughs> um, but I'm mad at this documentary. Steve the other day goes, you should try to eat more neatly. <laughs> I was like, babe, it's been like 20 years. Yeah, I don't you know. You know what I mean? No. Can't change me. Love me. No, love the way exactly. I Exactly. They're getting spit on. We see footage of these people leaning out windows, throwing things, and then screaming like, get the license. Plate. I got it. And then someone's like, don't worry. Nance, I got it. <laughs>